You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 135. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. In our Ask Us Anything segment, Brennan answers a listener question on Churchill Capital Corp, symbol CCIV on the New York Stock Exchange, a SPAC that is set to merge with a pre-revenue electric vehicle company known as Lucid Motors. Our case for, case against debate is back to take a look at Air Canada, symbol AC on the TSX, Canada's largest domestic and international full-service airline. Brendan argues the bull case. I crush him again with the bear case. And Aaron sits in as judge, jury, and executioner. For the third week in a row, one of our stars comes directly from our Canadian small cap growth stock research, the company VersaBank Inc., symbol VB on the TSX, a Canadian Schedule One chartered bank with a difference. VersaBank ranks among the world's first fully digital financial institutions. The stock was recommended to clients a couple of years ago as an alternative to Canada's big banks when it traded at $7.15. VersaBank's shares today trade at $15.80, have jumped 41% in the past 30 days, 72% year-to-date, and 120% since our recommendation, crushing the performance of the big banks over that period. Again, congrats to clients who own the stock. The second star of the week is Groupon Inc., symbol GRPN on the NASDAQ, a global voucher and e-coupon marketplace. Groupon reported Q4 financial results uh, this past week, and the four days trading since, Groupon stock has shot up nearly 60%. We take a look at the rally and whether or not the fundamentals suggest it should continue. Finally, in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we answer a listener question on Good Natured Products, Inc., symbol GD. NP on the TSX Venture, a high-growth small cap which produces and distributes high-performance bioplastics for use in packaging and durable product applications. That sounds like a busy show. Are you guys ready for it? Oh, I'm ready. My ready. It's, it's, yes. uh, it's a full show, mm-hmm. certainly. Well, we're going to start with uh, Brennan. He's going to talk. We just want to really get into it this week because we've got a lot to get to, but you want to talk about... What is it? Lucid Motors through this SPAC merging. Uh, a question came in. Let's get into that and dig into it. Yeah, you bet. So this question came in from Wayne uh, via Facebook. And he essentially Thanks, says, Can, yeah, thank you, Wayne. He is a, he's, he's a, a valued listener for sure. He's always commenting on our posts, which we do appreciate, of course. Uh, anyways, he, he asks, can you please explain Churchill Capital Corp IV or CCIV and Lucid and why Churchill tanked after the deal was announced? I don't fully understand it, but I'm guessing it has something to do with CCIV's market cap and how much of Lucid it will actually own. Now, just to catch people up to speed, for those who do not know, last week, Lucid Motors, an electric 
electric vehicle company and Churchill Capital Corp, a special purpose acquisition company or SPAC that trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker CCIV, announced that the two will merge at a transaction equity valuation of about $11.75 billion and also attracted private investment in the deal at $15 per share, which implies a total approximate valuation of $24 billion. Now, leading up to the deal, Churchill Capital's stock was performing very well, climbing from $10 in early January to $60 in February, spurred by rumors that a deal was being arranged between the two parties. And actually, about two weeks before the deal was announced, my brother-in-law told me to keep an eye on the stock because he heard things were brewing. Yeah, uh, but What'd you say? Dead end? Get in immediately. Oh, get yeah. in. No, that's, no, that's definitely not what he was saying, but... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, he said, keep your eye on it. But anyways, um, you know, I don't know what keep your eye on it means. Um, anyways, right after the deal was announced to the market, Churchill Capital Corp stock plummeted, cut in half from its highs in just a few days. So what happened here and why is Churchill Capital Corp's stock sliding? Now, it really looks like a buy the rumor, sell the news downturn in the stock and overall market skepticism once the deal was announced, with even Jim Cramer stating that these deals are for real, but overvalued. Now, investors were also disappointed by the terms of the deal, as Lucid stated it expects to need $600 million in bridge financing to bolster the company's cash until the transaction with Churchill closes in Q2 of 2021, and the company expects negative free cash flow of around $10 billion through 2024, raising the question of how it will seek additional funds. Now, plus... Lucid is forecasting deliveries of 20,000 vehicles in 2022, generating sales of approximately 2.2 billion, and it sees revenue rising to 5.5 billion and 9.9 billion in 2023 and 2024, uh, respectively. Um, you know, which are, are pretty high estimates. Now, looking at the uh, the twenty the forward twenty twenty two price to sales valuation, uh, it values the stock at approximately eleven times sales, um, which is not cheap by any means. And again, we're basing this off of uh, expected um, revenue going forward. Um, you know, of course, it's not off of trailing figures. So to sum this up, I really think that it just comes to an expensive valuation based off of forecasted revenue and the need for additional funding in the near and long term, which will likely lead to further dilution, which, of course, uh, caused the sell off in Churchill Capital Corp stock. So you sum that up. It's, it's a situation, uh, no free cash flow on the horizon anytime soon. And they are going to we know that they are going to need financing which in this market is no problem at all but if the market changes it could be it could be a major issue for the company mm -hmm. yeah and you're looking at forecasted deliveries in 2022 of 20,000 vehicles i mean that's just what they're forecasting there's absolutely no guarantee that any of that happens revenue they see rising to 5.5 billion the next year 9.9 .9 billion the year after that well i mean i can put that on a, a spreadsheet and say uh, you know i, I forecast that a uh, company's going to do that too <laughs> well it doesn't mean they're going to hit it perhaps they do and you know again but w like i'm saying these are all just forecasts blue sky forecasts in my opinion uh well there may be a place for a couple pre-revenue bets in a 15 to 25 stock portfolio the more 
um, businesses and investor ads with this profile, the higher level of risk you take on and the worse that it will perform over the long term. It's just not a recipe for success. This is not saying anything about the business of Lucid Motors, really. It's just that you know, if you add companies with high valuations based on a speculative future of potential earnings or potential revenue, you're basing it on potential revenue coming in. It's just a higher level of risk than you need to take in your portfolio. And if you to have gains that are significant over the long term, you're looking to put stocks in there that will give you significant gains over the long term. But you do not have to take this level of risk. If you do, you're going to look back three to five to 10 years and say, why did I invest on hype and not the fundamentals of the business? And this is what we continually talk about over the long term. I was talking to Brennan this morning about there was a hype about five or six years ago about 3D printing companies. And you saw stocks in some of those companies that didn't really have any revenue go from $10 to $50 to $70. Um, and when the hype subsided, they were back down to 10 or 2 and you know now you're looking back five years after that and why did I put that why did I invest in hype rather than look at good fundamental businesses because there's a ton over the last five years of good fundamental businesses we just talked about one as our star today VersaBank up 100% 120% in the past couple of years based on strong financial performance that is what we look for we highlighted a company sangoma a couple of weeks ago that was up over 500 percent over a three-year period driven by strong cash flow revenue and earnings growth and we talked about a company last week small little company called adcor it was that is up 300 percent in the last year driven by good solid cash flow and earnings growth so this is what we like to look for in the businesses that we are looking to put in your portfolio. The more you put in with that profile, the more we believe, the better you'll do over the long term. It doesn't guarantee success. If you add 20 stocks with that profile to your portfolio, probably four or five of them are not going to do well. But if 15 of them do quite well, you know, and two or three of those do extremely well, it pulls up your returns over the long term. And that is what we look to do when we build portfolios, when we advise on clients building portfolios that way. So yeah. hopefully that sums it up simply. And, and just if I could add to, you know, just uh, to be careful with hot stock tips, you know, my brother-in-law uh, bringing up this hot stock to me and, you know, uh, telling me to put it on my watch list, maybe, you know, invest, but it's not an actionable recommendation. You know, who knows where this stock's going? We can't value it realistically, you know, because there's uh, so many unknowns. Um, but uh, but again, you know, just be careful with those hot stock tips. I put it on my watch list. I watched it, but, you know, just stayed on the sidelines. Yeah, give yourself a fighting chance for success in the market by being at least able to analyze the business that you are investing in. A SPAC that's merging with a company that may be um, producing revenue two, three, four years down the line, projecting profitability in three or four years, that is already trading with with a billion, billions, billions of dollar valuation, tens of billions in some cases. You know, you're you're already baking in a lot of growth and a lot of things have to go right for it just to achieve that valuation. Perhaps one or two of those become, you know, the next Tesla, but many of them, many of them don't. And you don't need to add that level of risk to your portfolio to uh, gain above market returns that are well above what the average uh, return is on the market, which is what, you know, many, many investors are looking for when they invest in individual stocks. 
So hopefully that makes sense. Now we're going to have a little fun. We're going to talk Air Canada. We're going to do a your our case for case against. I am going to do the case against. Brennan's going to do the case for. Aaron's going to act as that judge, jury, and executioner on this. I'm going to just start by looking at Air Canada quickly. Symbol AC on the TSX, priced around $26.30, $8.8 billion market cap. Air Canada, of course, is Canada's largest domestic and international full-service airline, operating a fleet of nearly 400 aircraft, including inclusive of jazz, to nearly 200 destinations worldwide. Primary hubs, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. Air Canada is also a founding member of the Star Alliance Network. So, are you ready, Aaron? Are you ready with that stopwatch at hand and your gavel to smash down on the table? Certainly. So I take it, Ryan, you're you're going to take the bear case on Air Canada. I <laughs> I may do that. Yes. Right. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, I, it's there's some history here. It's virtually it would have been impossible for Ryan to take the bull case on Air Canada. <laughs> uh, there's definitely some history there. About ten years ago, we were on a business trip coming back from Toronto. We arrived at the Air Canada gate literally one minute past the cutoff and they wouldn't let us on the plane. So we had to stay the night. Ryan has yes. never forgiven them. Uh, so well, he's low with the I think company, we arrived like as, a couple minutes before. Since then. I do remember a tearing up of our tickets at that booth. Yes, too. yes. Very impressive. Ouch, ouch, I also yeah. do remember um, them losing my luggage and me having to get an entire suit tailored and uh, fitted in Toronto ahead of one of our DIY segments there, which was awesome, which was very good. I, to their credit, though, they did reimburse. So you know what? There I'll give go. Air Canada okay. credit. They took care of me on that one. It did take about six months, but <laughs> it uh, they got back to me. Anyways, let's well, let's I, go for the case I'm gonna for listen, right I'm gonna now. Keep an open mind. I'll let you guys do your thing. You should. So yeah. You tell me when you're ready, Ryan, and I will let you. Just know. remember, next time they uh, lose your luggage, Aaron. Is it Ryan or me first? They never have you first. Case four. Case oh, four first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just count me in, Aaron. Three, two, one, and then say go. Okay, you ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. Number one, there is a normalization case to be made with Air Canada, including normalized levels of travel expected to return in the second half of 2021, as Canada and the U.S. vaccinate a majority of its citizens. And right before the pandemic, Air Canada was trading with a price-to-sales multiple of approximately 0.7 times sales. Now Air Canada is currently trading at 1.3 times trailing revenue, which does look uh, more expensive. But if revenue is able to normalize to even 70% of pre-pandemic levels, Air Canada would be trading at just 0.6 times revenue, which could provide some upside. Number two, Air Canada and its peers began bailout negotiations with the government back in November of 2020. Uh, Air Canada is a of course, a Canadian staple, and news of a bailout could send the stock soaring. And number three, Air Canada has laid off over 3,200 employees in 2021 alone, which should help the company recover from the pandemic and set them on the right path to rebuilding its growth strategy. Done. Okay. One second to spare. Nice. Nicely done. Ryan, are you prepared? I am ready. Okay, go. Air travel has been decimated, and it will take years for it to return to normal levels. Yet Air Canada shares trade at the same level they did as they entered 2019, and only 24% lower than it was at the start of March prior to travel restrictions. It's not like the stock trades at a huge discount. With an EV to expected EBITDA 2021 of 25 and 12.5 times the 2022 number, that is not exactly cheap. Remember, this is a very volatile business. With 5.78 million 
in debt, in net debt, billion, sorry, Air Canada already has close to half the debt it possessed when it last went bankrupt. Debt will continue to skyrocket this year. Total revenues declined 70% in 2020 and operating loss was $3.77 billion despite massive subsidies. Fuel is one of the company's biggest input costs. Energy prices are on the rise in 2021, shrinking profits. Buying businesses that have gone bankrupt in the past and continually require government bailouts and subsidies is not a profitable playbook. Air Canada remains a no-fly zone for me. Wow, nicely timed. Right under the time. Wow, sure seems like you got your, your work cut out for you here, Aaron. <laughs> Well, this is this is a very uh, this is a very personal thing for Ryan. I think I yes. think you can tell that he put a lot of effort into this. He uh, he really wanted to win this one. He cannot lose taking the dog case on Air Canada. If I know Ryan as well as I think I do, this this was important to him. So it's it 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 cuts to the core. Yeah, it cuts so to the core. I am keeping an open mind. I'm not just judging this based on how whether or not I would personally buy a stock, but really who made the better case. Um, for and against, and you know, I'm 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 gonna have to give this one to Ryan again, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why I'm gonna explain why here because Let's I don't want people on. to think that I'm just purposefully judging against Brennan, Beating as I said I was gonna Brennan. do at the start of the year. It's I don't want people yeah. to think that. So one of the points, Brennan literally, made, don't you have a bet that literally you win if Brennan loses more? Is, There's no which, bias which, here, which at all. is. Exactly. So I don't know why you guys keep putting me as the judge of <laughs> these things. Well, I know Next, why, why you're, Ryan you're banned does, from judging. You know. Okay. So uh, uh, let's go through my points here. One, my, the reasons for my judgment. One, Brennan, you said that uh, that you they were looking for a normalization recovery in travel in the second half of 2021. I, I don't think that that's going to happen in the second half of 2021. Fair enough. I, maybe we're going to see an improvement then there, but I think that you're you're definitely looking second half of 2020 two for that mm -hmm. could be wrong just don't see it um you know the valuation wasn't really feeling it with with the valuation and then there's the government bailout which you know that's great for the employees sometimes or for um the management or it's not always great thing for the shareholders if somebody's going to be left holding the bag in a government bailout um it's going to be the shareholders so sometimes you know, there'll just be an in inflow of money. But if it's a true, you know, uh, bankruptcy situation and the government really has to step in, which I'm not saying that that's the case with their Canada, it, common shareholders can't depend on that to uh, to get any level of their, their investment back. So, you know, those things, you know, I wasn't really feeling that. Um, you know, Ryan made a couple of good points. It's only down, the, the stock price, if it's only down 24 or so percent from where it was, pre-pandemic, then that's that's not really enough of a discount for me. Um, energy prices could be an issue going forward. There's debt on the balance sheet. I don't really know when there's going to be a full recovery in travel. Even if there's a significant recovery over the next year, that still might not be a situation where profits return back to pre-pandemic levels. So I just couldn't for, you know, I just couldn't go with you on this one. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. And like, honestly, my case was difficult, of course, and, and it was based on a lot of, you know, expectations not what's actually currently taking place and it's hard to you know we're, we're growth at a reasonable price investors you know we're looking for growth it, it's hard to you know apply that to air canada yeah sure there might be a, a bounce back in the stock price but again it's not a yeah. screaming buy we, we we you know we're not certain you know or we don't have a high degree of certainty that that's going to take place um but i just want to say to listeners that uh you know, right before we decided who's going to do the for case and the against case, Aaron and, and Ryan took me into a back room. They closed the door and they basically said, 
you're taking the uh, the four case on Air Canada, or if if you don't, you're out of a job, buddy. So uh, so I just want to make sure that uh, every- it's strange that how we did that with you in Saskatchewan. <laughs> we must have flown out there. I don't recall doing that, but but oh, I, I only it is did. I only kid. Yeah, I know. Of course. Well, I was yeah. going to no, give I- you on that note, actually, Brennan. I was going to give you a piece. It's of the harder case going forward. Yeah, just just based on some patterns that I've seen. Um, in your in your selections in the past, the positions mm-hmm. that you've you've taken in the past in these debates, just like with like a, a a rising boxer or an MMA fighter, you really have to pick your fights. You have to pick yep. fights that you can actually win, that are stylistically good matchups for you. And you know, Air Canada certainly, you know, you're you're you've got a hill to climb there. Um, I can't remember who you who you were defending last time but similar situation you're always taking the harder job which i mean hey if you win one of these with the harder job then that's that's a great victory but if you want to get a w there you might want to consider <laughs> the first fight is just getting the the correct position I and then I the next you. fight is the. Debate. i like facilitating the discussion too because you know we, we do get a lot of questions on air canada and even a lot of my friends yeah i know we um, do you know sure. so so sometimes i i would say I, i'm gonna say yeah. sorry to cut okay. you but i would say that air canada is um in better position than it was like the last time april 1st 2003 like 2003 the company filed for bankruptcy um they at that time they cited an economic slowdown terrorist threats high fuel costs labor disputes other reasons uh iraq war sars outbreak i mean there's some of those conspiring not those exact but you can run parallels they certainly weren't in the bad the the they're not in the debt situation they were at that time and they have cash in the bank and they've been you know, bailed out kind of through this event, through some of the government subsidies there. So they're certainly not in the same position they were then. They were extremely poorly run, which is not nothing in these comments that they made about the issues why they were run into the ground. And they were able to cut costs, uh, legacy costs too, that some of those legacy costs aren't there as well. Um, it, it just, you know, airlines, it's a tough business period. And, you know, we're still in an uncertain period. There's no doubt in my mind that once things open up, there is going to be a ton of pent up demand to travel. Like people are going to be like, get me the hell out yeah, of here. I see many paths right? to a, a much higher share yeah. price in the next 12, yeah. 24 months. And I, I can. It's just, do I want to own too. it for the next five to 10 years mm-hmm. too? I just, I, I have an issue buying two businesses that continue or businesses that continually. There's better places to put money. Bailouts. I yeah. think. Yeah, exactly. Far better. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, now let's look at our star of the week. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Star. Star. I am going to handle this one. It's VersaBank Inc., or just VersaBank, symbol VB on the TSX. $15.90, $333 million market cap. Uh, Firstly, congrats to all clients who own the stock, which was recommended in late 2018, early 2019 at $7.15. VersaBank shares jumped 41% this month, 72% year-to-date, and 120% since our recommendation. This has crushed the performance of big banks over that period, and that's what we're looking for. Now, what does VersaBank do? VersaBank is a Canadian Schedule One chartered bank, one of the world's first fully digital financial institutions. They use a highly efficient business-to-business model driven by the company's proprietary state-of-the-art financial technology. Company attains all its deposits and provides the majority of its loans and leases electronically with innovative deposits and lending solutions. Two primary services we talked about there, deposits and financings. 
The bank is organized around these two distinct operating divisions. VersaBank finances two underserved areas in Canada, point of sale financing, it calls its e-commerce segment, and the project financing, which encompasses uh, public sector financing as well as real estate and development financing and commercial lending. Now, the recent news that has been driving share gains. In November, the company made what we believe is a smart acquisition of Digital Boundary Group. Uh, it is immediately being accretive, and it's in a hot cybersecurity sec- sector. Now, last week, the company reported strong Q1 numbers, sequential growth in all key financial areas year over year, record uh, sequential loan growth of 191 million or 8% to a new high of 1.8 million. So there's loan growth, book growth again, driven by significant loan origination activity. Also last week, the company reported its plans to launch a strong encrypted-based digital currency or a cryptocurrency representing a one-to-one by a Canadian dollar bank deposit with the bank to be known as VCAD. So VCAD is expected to be the first digital currency to represent a fiat currency, as well as the first in the world digital currency issued by and backed by deposit with a North American bank. So they believe it'll offer the highest level of stability and security among all digital currencies in the market today. So our conclusion here, really, it's it took a time, a little bit of time to develop, but VersaBank appears to be back and its growth trajectory on its growth tra- trajectory, and with an accretive acquisition in its cyber division and a return to loan book growth, further potential remains. Again, we reiter- reiterate our congratulations to clients who own the stock. Its gains over the past week, month, and year to date make it our star of the week. Excellent, and are we given? Uh... Does, is the company giving us any indication of what growth looks like in the future? Uh, well, we're going to update our clients on that, but there, uh, that quarter only included a small percentage, I think 60 days, I believe, of the acquisition it, it made. That acquisition was accretive already, uh, so it'll have some built-in growth by that acquisition over the course of this year because that business wasn't even in, in VersaBank over that period of time last year. And with you see that uptick in loan book, anytime you see that uptick in loan book, we expect from that to produce growth over the course of this year. So great growth in the share price. It should be underpinned by some renewed growth in the business over the course of 2021. Now, our second weekly star from our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. Star. Is Groupon Inc. Aaron's going to handle that one. Excellent. So Groupon, uh, this is a company with market cap of $1.7 billion. It trades at a share price of about $59 today. And Groupon is a global e-commerce marketplace. It acts as an intermediary between merchants and customers. It offers vouchers for discounted rates on products and services. Uh, Groupon offers consumers daily deals in the form of online vouchers from local merchants and also sells products directly to consumers. 60% of Groupon's revenue is from its direct sales and the remaining 40% is from the take rate on the purchase and usage of vouchers. Groupon reported its Q4 financial results on February 25th and the four trading days since the release, the company's stock has shot up nearly 60%. Groupon was another one of those companies that was incredibly hard hit by the pandemic. 
much like the travel industry, Groupon depends on its users being able to leave their homes. And with many businesses shut down or at reduced capacity, the company's financials have suffered. The Q4 results do appear to be a major shot of adrenaline for the company's stock price. The results themselves weren't especially impressive, at least on a year-over-year basis. Fourth quarter non-gap or adjusted net income per share was 51 cents. This was down substantially from a year ago uh, with when the, when the company produced $1.44 per share in earnings. However, it was a strong improvement sequentially over Q3 of the same year when the company reported 15 cents in earnings per share. Revenue was also up in the last quarter compared to the quarter immediately before by about 13% to $343 million. Investors were also undoubtedly encouraged by management's outlook and commentary in the quarter. The interim CEO, Aaron Cooper, said that despite the challenges in 2020, we successfully in- implemented our restructuring plan and established a path for growth. And as a result, we are well positioned heading into 2021. With the move up this week, Groupon stock price is now around where it was immediately before the pandemic began. The question is, what should investors do now? Groupon is a star this week based on its stock price gains since the release of its results, but it's not a company that I would be investing in. I do fully expect the company to recover financially uh, somewhat over the next year. However, the pandemic was is not the only challenge that Groupon has been facing. Groupon has been struggling with revenue growth for years. Revenue was over $1.3 billion in 2016. It's had three straight years of declines down to $2.2 billion in 2019 and declined again this year, of course, down to $1.4 billion. So revenue right now is less than half of where it was in 2016. According to Statistica, the number of active users for Groupon has mostly been in decline after peaking in 2014 when it hit about 54 million users. The most recent estimate is about 34 million users. This is primarily the result of the company losing market share to competitors and alternatives. When we're looking for companies to invest in, we want to invest in companies that are providing products and services for which there's strong and growing demand. Companies that can increase or at least defend their share of that attractive growth market. The result of this strong product combined with a strong market should be growing revenue and increasing number of customers. So when we see the business trending in the opposite direction, that's a major concern and that's not the kind of situation we would want to get in involved in regardless of the valuation that the company is trading at. Even with a full financial recovery, this is not the profile of a business that we think uh, will make a good investment over the next three to five years. So this is something we would definitely take a pass on. Yeah, when growth declining year over year, I mean, it's not good. And especially with monthly active users, you know, going down, that's the, you know, the driving force behind the stock. And uh, yeah, no, I think you made a good summary there, Aaron. Definitely one that I would. Uh, yeah, be I, I've got a kind of a really unique and important point to make on this. Now, I've always thought, and hear me out on this, that a great promotion would be to do a Groupon on the famous mustard gray Poupon, to be called the Poupon Groupon, or Brennan's <laughs> preference, the Groupon Poupon. Any comments on that? Uh, no, <laughs> I have not. I've not. I've got nothing. Not sure what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan literally doesn't know what gray Poupon is. I don't. So. I do. What is it? 
I know you can always say these things. It's like a thing around the office when I will say something because Brennan's a little younger than us. I'll just say he's not that young. I mean, he's not that young, but we're just old, right? Yeah. Aaron right. And, yeah, and like, right. I'll, I'll reference a movie and I'm sorry, I'm not really throwing you under the bus. Here. Oh no, that's fine. And, but, Throw me all you want. but like you, I will say a movie like Tin Cup or like, and, and I'll say, you know, with Kevin Costner and he'll say who? <laughs> Frickin' Kevin Costner. Uh, like, I've heard but, the name before. But then again, like literally when that came out, he was like five. So that's true. Or so, you know, so I will look and say that makes sense that you don't know about it. Over like, my How head. How don't you know who Kevin Costner yeah, is? Yeah, over my head. And you know, there's these, you you know Grey Poupon, right, Aaron? No. Oh, so, wow. Look at that. For the love of look God. At that. Yeah. You guys don't know the Poupon commercials? No. Uh, maybe Pardon, I knew it Like the guy time. pulls just, up I, beside, pardon me, do you have any Grey Poupon? Really? <laughs> Oh, I hope I hope oh some people, some listeners out there know what you're talking about, Ryan. Otherwise, oh, they know. They will be. Cha- they, I, I challenge any listener out there to go on to our uh, our social movie and say yes, media, and say yes, I know Grey Poupon. Hopefully, they comment Thank for you. you. Yeah. Otherwise, you know. Pardon this me. Just do you have sad. any Grey Poupon? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's oh, awesome. Oh, you guys, you guys, over just my steal head, my thunder. Yep. Okay, now we're gonna move on to our final segment here. <laughs> We will not poop on this segment. It's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. Uh, it is Good Natured Products, Inc. Brennan's going to handle it. You can go yes. ahead. Yes, so this came in from Colin via Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out. He was saying that he shares the, the podcast with his uh, family and friends, which we greatly appreciate. Uh, and he was telling Ryan and Aaron to continue to give me a hard time because it builds character, which I hope that that is the case because they're definitely living up to that and giving me a hard time. Anyways, uh, so looking at Good Natured Products Inc., GDNP on the TSX Venture, currently trading at a price of around uh, $1.28 and has a market cap of about $206 million dollars so good-natured products produces and distributes high-performance bioplastics for use in packaging and durable product applications the company offers eco-friendly home and business products food packaging restaurant takeout containers uh, medical and industrial supplies with the goal to minimize waste and reduce environmental impact so looking at the company's most recent financial results for q3 of 2020 revenue for the third quarter of 2020 showed good growth uh, growing 46.6 percent to 4.7 million for the same from the same quarter last year the company is still losing money with adjusted earnings of approximately a loss of 1.54 million compared to a loss of 1.06 million for the same quarter last year and 12 trailing month EBITDA was a loss of uh, approximately 1.07 million. So again, they're still losing money. Looking at the balance sheet, they had a net debt of approximately 17.8 million, which is a little concerning considering, again, the company isn't making any money. And they currently trade with a price to sales multiple of about 15 times, which I believe is uh, definitely on the pricey side. So just to uh, conclude on Good Natured Products Inc. here, I like that the business is operating with the goal of providing environmentally sustainable products, which is clearly a positive, and this might be why the company is uh, you know, getting that uh, higher price multiple. Uh, 
Looking at the business operationally, they have put up great revenue growth over the past five years, growing revenue at a compound annual growth rate of about 172%, but there has been little improvement in regard to profitability uh, over the past eight quarters, uh, which is a concern. And also, the company is quite levered considering uh, you know, they don't earn any money. And right now, they do trade at a pricey price-to-sales multiple. So with that being said, we would just stay on the sidelines here uh, just because you know high valuation um, and, and no profitability, of course. All right. That's a good summary. Uh, certainly strong revenue growth there, but you know, we're looking for businesses that have graduated in profitability. We monitor these businesses on a quarterly basis, continually look for them to be breaking through, hit that inflection point. Uh, if there is a reasonable price that we could buy a business like that, add ahead of that, that's what we would look for. But we'll continue to monitor good nature products right now. That's going to close out our show this week. We had a great deal of content here. If you want us to continue or if you've got any other suggestions for our content, come on to uh, iTunes, rate and review us on there and tell us what you think. And uh, we'll continue to provide some good content. Keep your questions coming into our Ask Us Anything segments to our case for case against your stock, our take, and we'll continue to endeavor to answer your questions there. Uh, I wish everybody out there so you stay safe and profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing, everyone. Thanks, everyone.